Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Today is Sunday. It is the 9th of June, 2019. I am in the mobile studio once again, and I'm getting ready to head out of this parking lot, and so I got oh, a good 20 minutes or so where I can spend with you. I don't know if this will be the whole show or not, but anyway, let's go ahead and get that contact info out of the way. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio or send an email, have me get that out on the show for you. Firearms Cafe at protonmail.com is all one word is the place where you want to send that. Again, Firearms Cafe at protonmail.com is the email address to send that stuff. If you check out the website, you can find buttons for Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. There's also a PayPal donation button if you like the show and you would consider supporting it financially. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. I haven't been paying too much attention to what's been going on in the news lately. But it seems like not too much of it is good for us. As many of you guys know, I am not a Republican. I would probably not consider myself to be a conservative. If anything, I have a lot of libertarian beliefs. I think a lot of the ideas and things that were put forth in the Constitution were good ideas. Uh, so that's kind of where I stand. That The main thing I really like about the principles that are espoused by the libertarians uh, has to do a lot with voluntarism and with the non-aggression principle, meaning that you should be able to negotiate for the stuff that you want and you shouldn't be able to use force to do it. And if you or I can't use force to get something, then our government probably shouldn't be using force to get the majority of stuff that it does. So we have a bit of feedback, and this is from Dave, and Dave is out in Utah, and he's talking a little bit about guns in schools, um, and what we'll do is we'll give a listen to what Dave has to say, and then we'll come back and discuss a little bit. Hey, Tony. This is uh, Dave in Utah calling in for uh, responding to Firearms Cafe. In a recent episode, you were talking about uh, carrying guns at school and Arizona laws regarding that and how they might change. Um, me, personally, it seems kind of silly, uh, these, all these little incremental changes they want to make the laws. Because in Utah, where I live, uh, if you have a concealed carry permit, you can carry a, a public school property. It's not illegal. Now, of course, if you go to a private school, you know, since it's private property, they they can make their own rules and they could they could kick you out for any reason. But it wouldn't be illegal to carry a gun there, you know, just by itself. And uh, and from what I understand, it's always been legal to carry a gun 
you have a uh, where you have a concealed carry permit, then you can be armed at school. Um, I believe Oregon, the state of Oregon, also has a similar provision where if you have a concealed carry permit, you can carry it at school. And uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's done very much in Oregon. It's probably still uh, culturally a difficult thing, but I don't. As far as I know, it's legal as long as you have a concealed carry permit. So it just seems weird that some place that's so gun friendly like Arizona still has that rule when it's like you can just look at Utah and be like, yeah, we're fine. You know, everything is, is fine. It's always been legal to carry a gun here, and there's not a rash of, uh, you know, all the doomsday predictions that people make. So anyway, I just want to give you some commentary and some feedback. Keep up the good work, Tony. All right, Dave, thanks for sending that stuff in. Really appreciate it. It's good to hear from you. Hope to hear from you again soon. Make a lot of really good points. And you would think, especially up in your neck of the woods in Utah, where it's already been proven, we have all the data, that you can have guns on schools and nothing bad happens. On the last show, one of the things that I had talked about was that even if this, if the law passed, it wouldn't make a, a tremendous difference. And I don't know if I was clear about what I meant by that. I didn't mean like it, it wouldn't matter whether the law was uh, was passed or not, or or, or that it would be uh, a good thing if it was passed, or that it would make no difference going forward. I do think it would help in the steps and kind of you know what David talked about a little bit about incrementalism and things like that. Unfortunately, especially when it comes to guns in schools, that's what we're going to have to do. It's going to have to be incremental steps. However, uh, getting back to uh, what I was saying about I didn't it, it, that that the law passing would make no difference. What I meant by that was is that there would be no negative impact. It's not going to have any type of uh, a difference in that it's either going to reduce real crime or it's going to have an impact on a, on a, a negative aspect, meaning that there's going to be the guns are going to flood into school and there's going to be shootouts in the parking lot. Well, we understand that that just that it doesn't happen. We've been hearing that thing since really when they first kind of started going forward with concealed carry in Florida back in the 80s. And we've been hearing the same thing over and over again. Whatever step towards liberty and and step toward freedom and step towards the individual citizen having uh, primacy and having the ability to be more of a sovereign person where you're not having to, you know, kind of bend the knee. Uh, if we can make a Game of Thrones reference. Oh, that, that season eight was a letdown, wasn't it? Anyway, well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on a different show. Or maybe I'll direct you to go over to uh, my Armed Ape show. Oh, speaking of that, I think uh, my boy Ken and I are going to be trying to get together to do a, a couple episodes on that. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. The one thing that that law would have done out here 
for us. So number one, it would have been an incremental step, but the main thing is, is it would have, in essence, sort of decriminalized, I'm sure literally hundreds of people in the state that probably think, oh, as long as I've got the gun in a holster or as long as I've got it in my glove box or as long as I've got it, you know, even on me, it's, it's in a holster, I'm not taking it out, I'm not doing anything with it, it's secured. Uh, then it's fine. But, you know, it goes back to a lot of the stuff of are, are we, with our laws, are we making people and turning people into felons who are supposed to be some of the the worst that our society has uh, has to be uh, aggressed against. So if, if you're committing felonies, these are things that are supposed to be, at least how it was originally intended, that these were the things that were very serious that we really need to take a look at. We need to understand what's going on. And I, on, on one hand, I can understand from a intellectual standpoint how somebody would say, oh, well, because guns are dangerous, we need to make sure that uh, the penalties for the misuse of those things are severe. But, uh, again, we... You sort of have to define, well, what is misuse? What does it mean to, you know, does it... Uh, some people who probably are more uh, liberal-leaning would say misuse is just basically you carrying it, you having it, and taking it anywhere other than a gun range. From, from their standpoint, you know, you shouldn't be able to have it at all. Uh, and from somebody like me misuse of your firearm would be the intentional use of it to harm somebody or to defraud somebody or to, or to rob somebody to take their personal property uh, to detain them unlawfully and using that firearm as a, as a means of, of accomplishing that, basically using it to initiate force. And I... I used to be of the opinion that, oh, well, you know, if somebody robs a bank with a gun, make that penalty harder. But I'm, I don't, I, I think it should be no different if somebody robs a bank with a gun as opposed to robbing it with a, suit, a suitcase full of uh, dynamite or explosives or if they're using a knife, if they take somebody hostage and they're, they're saying, you know, I'll... Uh, I'll beat this person to death, to, to death, excuse me, with this lead pipe in front of you unless you give me the money. Basically, we should just look at it and say, oh, okay, well, this person just used a deadly weapon or threatened deadly force, and that's what the that's what the penalty should be. It, it kind of goes back again to the thing of hate crimes. I'm not really a big fan of those because ultimately, and I and I can't intellectually understand how people buy into it, but when you really think about it, all you're really doing is elevating one class of people 
and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's, simple, <laughs> it's lowering, but there's another word that I was thinking uh, uh, for that. Um, your demean, not demeaning, um, but in a, in a way, it, it kind of is demeaning. But you are. You're literally discriminating against another class of, of people. And you're basing that on religion, on skin color, on uh, sexual orientation, that type of thing. When I think what you should do is say, oh, this person uh, was attacked. And if it was a thing where they were attacked because of those things, they're still attacked, they're still assaulted. It's no different than if somebody attacked and assaulted me just because they didn't they maybe thought because of the way I dressed I represented a certain thing I'm still getting attacked I'm still getting beaten and that's how I think that the laws in this country should be set up I don't think that what we should do is again use the law to confer specialized status or class to anybody we should under the law all be treated equal and I know in the past that hasn't happened and I know right now it's not happening I know that some people because of skin color some people because of uh, sexual orientation some people because of just the way that they look will not get treated fairly by the police some people will uh, some people though will get Although it's very, very rare, but it does happen. Some people do get special treatment based on how they look, uh, based on their sex, based on if the arresting officer or if the officer you're having the encounter with is male and he's young and you are a uh, pretty female, you might get out of it. Or if that officer is uh, gay and the person that they're pulling over happens to be gay and they kind of hit it off or they're doing a little flirtation maybe they get off due to that I understand that's in, in some ways how the world work it, it's, and it's how the world has always worked and I don't have I guess I don't have too much to get upset with about that if I'm really looking at some of the bigger things what I would actually like to see changed is the amount of interaction that we have with uh, with police or with law enforcement, however you want to say it. Uh, to me, police and peace officers are very, very different from people that are law enforcement. Uh, I think you have two very different outlooks and you have two very different sort of goals or missions that you want to accomplish doesn't mean that all of that a lot of them can't uh, sort of cross paths at time but there will be things if you're law enforcement as opposed to a peace officer there are going to be certain things where your lines the streams are never going to cross uh, so I, I think one of the way that everybody can get treated better and that everybody can get treated under, I hesitate to use the word fairly, maybe justly, is that maybe the, the better way to say it? How everybody can be 
be treated sort of with those blinders and, and, and everybody can, regardless of who they are, what they look like, skin color, skin tone, sexual orientation, religious stuff, all that, that they would all be treated the same under the law. The law would not view them any differently. And one of the ways that I think that we're going to be able to, to accomplish that is by fundamentally changing our laws. We need to look at what do we really consider crimes. And in my opinion, what we should do is look at and say, in order for there to be a crime, there needs to be a victim. And we've talked about before that if somebody's murdered, if somebody's assaulted, if somebody is sexually assaulted, if they're raped, if they are, if they're a child and they're molested, if they're defrauded, you, know, you can go down the line where there are, are certain things that are happening to that person or to their property where you can say, yes, there is a loss and there is, there is a victim here. Uh, it can get into a, a little bit of a slippery slope. I think sometimes when you start saying it's a crime, if somebody's feelings gets hurt, yeah, it's a, it's a crime if somebody is offended, which we've, we see that's happened in other countries. We're starting to see some of that stuff here. But again, I think we need to go back and we need to focus. If we really want our police to be reformed in this country, and if we want our judicial system, meaning our prisons, and when people go to court, if we want that stuff to actually work and to be just then we, need, we really have to start looking at who is the victim? Is there a victim? The state necessarily can't be a victim. Uh, before I got sidetracked a little bit, I was going to say that we had talked about before and about the only thing I could see is if you had somebody, if, let's say that if we had, well, we've, we've got national parks and we've got state parks and state land and things like that. Those are already in effect. And if you said somebody went and they destroyed that, or if we said that, oh, these uh, these animals here are protected, or this, that, and the other thing, and we can, we can have those discussions at a later date, but right now, that is one of the only things where I could say like, oh, uh, you know, this person went and burned down you know, 500,000 acres of forest or this person went and dumped tons of toxic waste into a stream that is part of a national park. So, you know, there are, there are times when I think that uh, we can, we can have maybe the state, the, there not be a specific person who is a victim. Although in theory, if it's a national park or a state park or something like that, I guess you could say that the, the people of that state or the people that could use that thing uh, would be the victims because there are, you're going to have to pay to have the, that, that stuff uh, fixed or um, restored, that type of thing. Well, hey guys, I am popping into my domicile here and uh, I think I'm going to call it short. I would love to hear some of your guys' opinions on on reform. I'd also 
like to hear some, what you guys think on some of our current political stuff as far as what do you think is going to happen in 2020? I want to start talking about some of that and how it's going to affect us in gun world. I think that's going to be my, uh, my next show here. All right. This show is a little bit shorter. I'm going to sign off. Let me give you that contact info again. Voicemail, area code 206-745-2731. Email address to send stuff in. Firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next time. I'm not gonna get home.